Hello friends, this is Stephen from Dream Gun, and we have shows on sale in Dublin and London right now. We are home in Dublin this June the 15th to the 17th with updated film reads of The Matrix, Jurassic Park and Titanic at Smock Alley Theatre. Featuring the award-winning ensemble of Tony Cantwell, Ronan Carey, Stephen Culver, that's me, Finbar Doyle, Hannah Manless, Aaron McGathy and Edwin Salmon. Uh, the show's at Smock Alley Theatre and tickets are on sale right now. Head to dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Meanwhile in London, we are now performing every month at 21 Soho with a different film read every month and different guests joining us on the stage. This month's London film is Batman Begins, but if you're in the future, it's probably a different film and you can find out which one at dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Hi, I'm James. I'm Gavin. And I'm Stephen. And we are Dream Gun. And you are listening to a classic episode of Dream Gun Film Reads. Where we take our favourite movies and then totally rewrite them and put a bunch of jokes and nonsense in them. And then the show is performed by actors and comedians who haven't read the script, so everything you hear is completely unrehearsed. If you enjoy Film Reads, please subscribe to the podcast in your podcast app and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't know what to say in your review, just use it to tell us what film you'd like us to read next. Because we're running out of ideas. <laughs> If you'd like to support the show, there's two ways to do it. You can subscribe to Film Reads on Patreon. Patreon subscribers get early access to episodes, bonus uncut recordings, and tickets to the live show. Or you can see us in person. If you'd like to see Film Reads live, you can check out dreamgun.ie for tickets to all of our upcoming shows or follow us. We are at Dreamgun and Sons on all the socials. We perform regularly in Dublin and London and at festivals all around the world. Please enjoy Dream Gun Film Reads. Dream Gun! Miracle on 34th Street, based on a cardigan once worn by John Hughes. <laughs> it's jingle jangle holly jolly time in New York City. The streets are bustling with lots of people who are walking there. It's a sea of overcoats and uselessly draped scarves. Perfect people all rushing home to watch the famous red dandies win that coveted baseball hot dog cup on their 4-3 resolution TV, which they're fine with. A white-bearded English jaunty man skips down the street, whistling all those iconic Christmas birthday songs to himself. This is Chris Kringle. A boy being walked by his grandfather spots Chris Kringle and gasps. Look, it's him, Grandpa. Ask him. Ryan, that's enough. I'm sorry. He thinks you're Santa Claus. <laughs> Chris and the grandfather both laugh. <laughs> Kids sure are a treasure. Chris leans down to the boy. No one will ever believe you. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry, uh, wait, it's, it's June. Chris jingles away as though his pockets are full of bells. Six months later, the famous Coles Christmas Parade is being set up. There's balloons and acrobats and large, fleshy monuments that have been set aflame to usher in this season of winter crops. <laughs> Calling all the shots is Dory Walker, the 90s version of an empowered female character. So she wears a suit like the men do, but she doesn't get to make any of her own decisions and mainly interacts with the world by rolling her eyes and raising children. What's the problem? 
Your Santa Claus is wearing a top coat and a fedora. He's doing Christmas all wrong. This is Donald Shellhammer. Not some sort of Super Mario boss, as his name would suggest, <laughs> but a snooty, sniffy England man. They enter an April O'Neil-style news wagon with a hundred screens all showing the exact same thing. On the screens, we see Chris has climbed up onto the fake parade sleigh and is violently whipping the plastic reindeer. <laughs> Whoppa! Yeah! Right! Now, throw it out! Bring it round! Right up! High! Down she comes! Oh, it's just in the wrist, see? Oh, yeah! <laughs> the real ones struggle more. <laughs> But the great thing about reindeer is they can't say safe words. Ha! Ha! Chris continues this for some time. Just then, Tony Falacci, the Billy Bob Thornton Santa of this piece, who is meant to be in the parade, clambers up beside him. <clears throat> okay, Pops, come on. It's my turn. Give me the whip. Tony Falacci takes a cheeky naggin out of a compartment in his stomach and takes a secret swig, very much in view of everyone in what I'm sure is a desperate cry for help. What have you just been drinking? Is it magic? Is it that drink they drink in Space Jam? Wait, are you really good at basketball now? Do a dunk. <laughs> just a little something to keep me warm. Water from a radiator. You are intoxicated, sir. Oh, no, no, I'm not. The Coke balances out the booze. <laughs> and the Xanax balances out the Coke. And the radiator water keeps it all moving. <laughs> Let me tell you something. You are a disgrace. You have any idea how many children are watching you at this very minute and you're drinking? The only people kids uh, should see drinking are their parents. <laughs> Maybe an uncle. Just give me back the whip, man. Let me tell you something again, young man. When you put on this suit, you represent something that has great significance to millions of people all over the world. Capitalism. <laughs> now, I could overlook your poorly manufactured Santa coat, or even your ludicrous beard. Even your public... <laughs> So ludicrous, I can barely see it. <laughs> I can even overlook your public drunkenness. But the costume color, it should be rusted crimson, not autumn in bloom. You should be ashamed of yourself. Hey, can I get a cop over here? That's a very good idea. Officer, officer, look. Look, autumn in bloom. Just then, Tony's ill-fitting pants dropped down, revealing his ass which is converted into a million tiny pixels and shot to a space satellite and broadcasted into homes all over the world. Oh my God, cut the feed, cut the feed! Tony goes to whip the reindeer, but he leans back too far and the sleigh becomes unhinged from its moorings and flips back, trapping him underneath. This is played like it's due to Tony's incompetence, but it's really just an unsafe workplace. Dory runs after Chris. Excuse me, hello, um, I'm Dory Walker, a special director of special projects for CF Cole's department store. I'm a Santa scout, and um, I think you've got what it takes to be Santa. Oh, I am. Great. 
Well, uh, we need a new Santa. W- would you do it? Would you be our Santa Claus? Oh, I am. <laughs> cool. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, do, you, do you have any experience? Well, uh, just a little. He stares ominously into a fire and hears chopper noises, gunfire, and Middle Eastern music. What is Blackbriar? Why can't I remember anything before the parade? Uh, what, what, what are you talking about? How do I know the radius of every chimney in a 10 block area? There are 500 children outside and I know what each one wants and which ones are naughty and nice. How can I do that? I can drink 1,700 gallons of milk in a night. Who trained me? Well, great. I'm sure you'll do fine. Uh, isn't there someone else you could ask? Sir, the parade has started already. Uh, quick, it's, it's you right now, or else there's no Santa in the parade at all. No time to do a background check. Now get on that float with those children. M- might I perhaps have a moment to think about it? Look, don't worry about a thing. Don't worry about your hours or salary. You'll do great. <laughs> Just be yourself. Oh, I am. <laughs> Smash cut to the parade and Chris is just fucking crushing it as Santa Claus. Just doing the thing with the whip and saying his iconic catchphrase. It's me, Santa Claus! Ha ha ha! (laughs) Donald and Dory observe in their weird TV box. This Santa Claus is fantastic. Ratings are up one million percent. Did he sign a contract? Did he sign the Tim Allen Santa Claus? With an E. <laughs> there wasn't any time. Mariner's gonna have to sign him after the parade. She'll have him fill out his employment papers and he'll start in the morning. The only condition he insisted on is that he be able to wear his own Santa suit. So, um, so no red flags there. <laughs> he has his own Santa suit? What next? Does he have his own Santa's hammer? Parade complete. Dory enters her swank house apartment. Susan, my daughter. (laughs) The girl from the poster, are are, are you here, Susan? She sees her daughter. (laughs) She sees her daughter, but she's frozen on the television. She looks like Matilda a year before she was Matilda. Dory presses play. Dear mother, if you're watching this, I'm already dead. <laughs> I need you to go to these coordinates. Latitude five, five, four. <laughs> oh, Susan and her coordinates. <laughs> I'm still at Mr. Bedford's. We can see the parade from his window. So put on something comfortable and come on over. Because he loves you. And he wants to kiss you. And he thinks you're the most beautiful woman in the whole world. Oh, also he says it's your turn to buy the condoms. <laughs> Susan sits in the apartment of Dory's friend and neighbor. Na- sits in the, yes, of Dory's friend and neighbor, Brian Bedford. He's a suave city lawyer. He looks like his whole body is slicked back with grease. He's got a strong jaw and cold, dead eyes. 
He's the kind of guy who's always got a reservation at La Messeria. Hey, Brian, do you know how much it costs to make this parade? Uh, a million dollars? Oh, no, wait, it's a trick question. Uh, zero dollars. <laughs> it's 1.6. It's probably a big mistake. Some guy's gonna buy coals and turn it into apartments. Look, that's not gonna happen, okay? Two big banks just came in and they rescued coals. So you better check your sources. I'm disappointed with you, Susan. As a child, I thought you would have known better. <laughs> but Coles has to pay them back plus interest. If they don't sell a lot at Christmas, you can't forget about it, pal. Susan is a smart child, but she is annoying and I hate her. <laughs> more likely to get struck by lightning during a shark attack than eat eight spiders on a continental flight. Well, I think you should ask Santa Claus to give Coles an interest-free loan for Christmas, huh? What do you think about that? Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> <laughs> Little loan? That's hmm? uh, a real good one, Brian. <laughs> well, you know what? It might happen. I mean, Santa Claus, he does some pretty amazing things, huh? Remember that time he jumped that canyon? <laughs> Brian, I know. You know what? About the canyon? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but also I know about the secret. What secret? Santa Claus. I've known for a long time. He's the mole. <laughs> also, he's not real. <laughs> Says who? <laughs> My mom! <laughs> Dory arrives, hastily tucking condoms into her purse. Hi, I believe you have something of mine. <laughs> About four foot tall, brown hair, talks like she's 64 years old. <laughs> no, I don't. Where's my codler royal? <laughs> so, what do you think of the parade? It's a good one. Yeah, did... <laughs> I love you. Wrong, I'm, Mom. <laughs> Every time I'm away for a few seconds, I forget how you talk, and then I get excited. <laughs> I'm just me, Mom. I know, and I, lo and I love you. Um, <laughs> uh, did Santa Claus come by yet? Nope. Is it Tony Falacci again? No, uh, Tony had to leave. Did he beam his ass into space again? <laughs> yes, he did. It's the pressure. But you know what? I, I got this new guy, and he really looks like the real thing. Honey, um, will you run home and put the camera stuff away? <laughs> Look, come on. Let her finish watching the parade. I mean, Santa hasn't even come by yet. It's just been a bunch of fucking elves. <laughs> Susan looks out the window and sees Santa down below. He turns coolly and sharpshoots her a kiss from an impossible distance. He must be accounting for wind speed and the Coriolis effect. <laughs> Meanwhile, evil CEO Victor Landberg sits on his iron throne. He's like Kingpin by way of Ernst Blofeld. The kind of guy who exhales cigar smoke even though he hasn't been smoking. The kind of guy who drilled for oil under the local school's charity Battle of the Bands. He makes a phone call to his Weasley lackey, Jack Duff. I've been watching the parade. It looks bigger than last year. 
What's the crowd estimate? Well, sir, cops say over a million. Last year was about 750. It really took off after they started telling people about it. <laughs> Have marketing come up with a giveaway, something free. I don't like Cole's store getting so many customers. Call in another bomb threat. <laughs> I hate to say this, Mr. Lamberg, but Coles has got one hell of a Santa Claus this year. If I didn't know better and was crazy, <laughs> I'd say he was the real article. Listen, Jack. People don't care about the price or the quality of the goods. All they care about is the big red man. <laughs> Later, Susan, Dory, and Brian sit down to some sort of Sunday roast. Happy Thanksgiving! You know, this is kind of like TV, except I need a brother and a dog, and Brian will be the dad, and there will be a, a live audience of people laughing, and I will be screwed up from being a child actor. Don't worry, she isn't. She has a blog or something, I think. I'm not. She's published a book. Oh, good. <laughs> That's a kind of blog. Yeah. Cool. Uh, not Brian, honey. His name's Mr. Bedford. He said to call him Brian. That's Mr. Brian to you, young lady. <laughs> but only if it's okay with your mom. It's fine. Uh, do we give blessings in this house? Not unless my grandparents are here. Well, <laughs> would you mind if I, if I did? I mean, it's kind of a tradition with me. No, that's, that's fine. We give thanks for the food before us and the closeness of the people we love, and we pray that these gifts we so gratefully received will be shared with those less fortunate than ourselves. Amen. Amen. Susan, aren't you going to say amen? Mom, we're Muslim. <laughs> oh, Susan, and your coordinates. <laughs> the next day... Santa suits up like Clooney's Batman, nipples and all. But with an arsenal of Christmassy gadgets, he enters the Kitsch Superstore Grotto and is wowed by the plastic knockoff version of the inside of his own house. He can hear small hands banging on the front doors, just raring to spin fidgets. He braces himself. The first torrent bursts in and a frothing child hurls himself onto Chris's lap. What's your name, son? The name's Daniel. What a nice name. One of my elves is married to a fellow called Daniel, who is also an elf and works for me, as do their children. <laughs> do you know what you want for Christmas? Um, I want a Mogwai and that once-off Wu-Tang album. <laughs> well, one of those is impossible to get, and the other is the Mogwai. <laughs> the boy's mother truntle fucks over. Santa, them things cost 70 bucks. Tell him to want something shit. <laughs> Kohl's is expensive, yes, but Shoppers Express down the street have Mogwai on sale at $34.99. Since when is Kohl's sending customers someplace else? Well, I don't think it matters where the toys are sold as long as we all participate in this capitalist circus. <laughs> Now then, young man. <laughs> if, 
If you're a very good boy and do exactly what your mummy tells you, soon you'll have a house completely overrun with gremlins. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, all right. Thanks, Santa. Maybe I am. (laughs) The mother tracks down Donald to give him a piece of her mind, or so he thinks. Hey, (laughs) you the boss? I'm the general manager of the store, so no. (laughs) Well, uh, Santa just told me that I can get my kids' toys for half the price across the street. Santa's telling everybody where to go shop. If it's too expensive here, he's saying where to get it at the right price. What? Tell Santa he's made a Coles shop out of me. <laughs> Any store that puts the parent ahead of the bucket Christmas deserves my business. To be clear, I'm going to shop here even though it's more expensive because your Santa is a straight talker. <laughs> Donald raises one eyebrow for 20 minutes. <laughs> Later, he and Dory pitch the idea to Mr. Cole himself. So if Coles doesn't have what you're looking for, we'll find it for you, even if it means sending you somewhere else. Well, we're no worse off. If we don't turn this store around, we're all out, from the chairman to the janitor. But the janitor will go first, obviously. I, I like it. It's bold. It's fresh. Tesco have been doing it for years. It'll drive Victor Lambert nuts. Who do I give kudos to? The woman? Or you? The man? <laughs> Meanwhile, downstairs, Brian has secretly brought Susan to meet Santa. This seems like a pretty pointless exercise, Brian. I already told you, I'm a Santa atheist. I don't believe in him. Look, let's just say for the sake of argument that there is a Santa Claus and that you don't believe in him. Is it worth the risk that you might not get anything for Christmas? That's Pascal's wager, Susan. Philosophy 101. (laughs) Read a fucking book sometime. I didn't believe in him last year. I still got everything I asked my mother for. And how do you expect me to believe that's really Santa when we just lost Santa in the last shop? Well, maybe, just maybe, as soon as you left, he could have magically got up and ran out the back and crossed the road and made it here before us. I know I should not stop to pet that dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she saunters over to Santa, but she's never met a department store Santa, so she doesn't quite know what to do and casually leans across his lap. H- Hello, sir. Oh, how do you do? Would you like to come sit on my knee? It's knobbly. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> now then, what's your name? Um... Susan Elizabeth Texas Walker. <laughs> What's yours? Mine. <laughs> well, I have lots of names. Chris, Santa Claus, Father Christmas, Saint Nicholas, Papa Noel, Baba Yaga, Akhtorak. Lord of demons and wind. Look, mister, my mother's Dory Walker. She's director of special events for Coles here. I know how this works. You're an employee. You show up here every morning. They hand you an envelope. Inside is a key to a safety deposit box 575 in Grand Central Station. 
there you will find a compass and a cipher. <laughs> you know a lot for a little girl. But you're a very good Santa Claus. Your beard's stuck on real tight. Usually the store Santa Claus's whiskers are too loose and their eyes look all red from crying. <laughs> but your whiskers look realistic and your eyes only look kind of red. <laughs> <laughs> well, my, my beard looks real because it is real. Go on, you give my whiskers a tug. Go on, tug Santa. <laughs> no, no, no. You're all going on the naughty list. Go on, give my whiskers a tug. Oh, are you convinced? This isn't the regular Santa suit, is it? Oh no, this is the real Santa suit. Gold buttons, gold thread, and a little concealed carry pocket for your Glock. <laughs> it's as real as me. I'm from that snowy world that Jack Skellington goes into when he steps into that tree. <laughs> Ask your daddy if I'm real. I don't know where he is. Well then, who's this handsome Patrick Bateman character? <laughs> That's my mom's pillow friend. <laughs> Mr. Bedford, I don't have a dad. He was crushed in last year's parade. Oh, oh no, here comes my mom. Good morning, Mrs. Walker. Susan, I think you've taken enough of this man's time. There's a very long line of customers, and they do come first. Well, I guess they can't all come first, because then they'd all be last, and then we'll be in the first situation. <laughs> well, it was lovely to meet you both. <laughs> nice to meet you, too. Brian and Chris share a look with each other like a couple of lads. Non-believers, huh? Oh, don't get me started. Non-believers in God is what I meant. <laughs> oh, oh, I, I, was, I was talking about Santa Claus. Uh, me, who I am. Dory summons Brian to her office upstairs. She is not impressed. If I felt that it was important for her to see Santa Claus, I would happily take her. I would, I. Mm. <laughs> I'm not happy. Look, I didn't see any harm in her saying hello to an interesting old man. I mean, I've never met an interesting old man and not gone on to introduce him to a child or, or two. Santa Claus, you bring her down here to a fantasy world that I created with the intention of exploiting children for all they're worth. It's a scam, Brian. Why would I want my daughter to fall for my own scam? Never get high on your own supply, Brian. Alright, look, I just got some mistletoe, huh? I mean, come on. Why don't, why don't we go back to my place and try it out? Nice try. I know that one's the kissing plant. I don't think so. Uh, would you mind taking Susan home? Sure. 
I mean, you brought her here, her here to begin with, so it's kind of on you. Um, do you bring her back to school, Brian? Okay. Later that night in her office, Dory digs through the archives of employees' personal info. Now, remember, it's the pre-GDPR Wild West years. Name, Chris. Birthplace, North Pole. Alignment, chaotic good. Hmm. Later, Chris talks to a reindeer. We're not sure which one, but his nose isn't red, so it's probably not that one. Uh, I'm working at Coles. All I have to do is be myself. It's a soft gig. Good evening, Mr. Kringle. Oh, hello. This is Prancer. I've been visiting him here since Dancer died. Poor old Dancer. I had to put him down last year after he fell off a roof in Cheltenham. Right. We're with Shoppers Express, the other department store. Uh, we sell Small Soldiers, Chucky, the puppet from Goosebumps, and a CGI bear voiced by Seth MacFarlane. We want you to be our main Santa Claus. We've over 7,000 stores worldwide. Now, tell me, how many of you are there? I'm sorry to disappoint you, but the people at Coles have already hired me. In fact, I've signed a contract. So tell me, Santa, how does one guy get to every house around the world in one night? Ah, uh, yes. Well, now, that is a very vexing question, isn't it? You see, if you could slow time down so that a second became a year, a minute became a century, and an hour became a millennium, well, you could manage it quite easily, couldn't you? Of course, your mind would be utterly destroyed. <laughs> Time is very different for me. <laughs> While waiting for you to finish that sentence, I have lived a hundred lifetimes. <laughs> I've walked. I've walked the endless sands of time. Alone. How have you been? That must be hard for you. Ah, you're back. <laughs> Please speak faster. The next day, Dory and Donald stand on the executive balcony and watch as the fools below line up in the Santa pit. You think he's, uh, you think he's nuts, don't you? Hmm? Well, he believes he's Santa Claus, absolutely believes it. Maybe that's why he's good at it. Well, what difference does it make? Look at our stocks, they're through the roof. Every year, investors wait to see who has the best Santa and then they buy all their stocks. <laughs> And look at our customers. I mean, they're treating us like we're some kind of locally owned toy store. We're a massive nationwide company with a thousand other stores just like this one. That night, Susan can't sleep a wink. So she tries closing both eyes, still nothing. <laughs> hey, Bob, you know, Mr. Kringle, you're positive he's not the real Santa Claus. What if you were wrong? That would be extremely rude. Well, we're not wrong, sweetheart. But all my friends believe in Santa Claus. How come I don't? Because you were born under the red moon and you are the truth seeker. <laughs> Believing in myths and fantasies just makes you unhappy, Susan. And also, to be honest, you're just a bit of a damp squib. <laughs> Just a bit. 
But mom, do you, did you believe in Santa Claus when you were my age? Yes. And were, were you unhappy? Well, uh, when all the things that I believed in turned out not to be true, Santa Claus, Lance Armstrong, <laughs> Stretch Armstrong, <laughs> Nessie, uh, your father's love, <laughs> Nessie's love. <laughs> yes, I was unhappy. Oh. <laughs> do, do I have to not believe that Santa Claus right away? I tell you what. You ask Mr. Kringle for something that you would never ask me for. And if on Christmas morning you don't get it, you will know once and for all the honest truth about Santa Claus. And remember, as far as I know, Santa is definitely not real. So I'm absolutely setting you up to fail. So make it something you really want. That way, the lesson will stick. Sort of a blind trial. Okay. Meanwhile... <laughs> In the seedy part of downtown New York, there's a bar where all the mall Santas meet for seedy beers. They sit around massaging their dented knees and trading Santa war stories. In the middle sits Tony Falacci, the drunk one from earlier. And this is where I took a slug right to the chest. That's why I frisk him first. <laughs> Boy, that calls, they dealt me the high, hard one. I did a good job for them last year. Met the kids, held the kids, the old Santa one too. Now, tell me about this good Santa. He tried to whack me over the head with his cane in the first scene. Interesting. I've got a little job I want you to do for me. The next day, Dory is preparing Chris to star in a TV advert. A clever move by Coles to avoid paying for a big-budget Christmas ad by simply slipping an old man $50 for his time. Now, just be yourself. Don't even think about the camera, and especially don't think about the Screen Actors Guild or any other unions. Uh, but you don't believe in Santa, do you? I don't think that there's any harm in not believing in a figure that many do acknowledge to be fiction, no. Oh, but there is. I'm not just a whimsical figure who wears a charming suit and affects a jolly demeanor. I'm a symbol of the human ability to suppress the hateful tendencies that rule the major part of our lives and convince you that the best way to overcome those tendencies is not to address them or confront them, but to purchase goods for others. An exuberant amount of goods. I think you'd make an excellent test case for me, Mrs. Walker. If I could make you believe, then there'd be some hope for me. If I can't, well, I'll just have to pack it in and face reality instead of expecting everyone else to go along with me. Roll camera! I'm Chris Kringle, and I'm at Cole's Department Store in New York City. Good morning, America. Buy things. Don't think about it. <laughs> That night, Brian hires kids to babysit Susan so he can... Yes, I'm Chris. <laughs> what a fun movie that would be. That night, Brian hires Chris to babysit Susan so he can take Dory on a Manhattan date with kissing and maybe more. <laughs> you get it. Chris took Susan into bed. There really has to be something you want for Christmas, Susan. What I want for Christmas? Uh, a brother and a dad and that unfeasibly large house from home alone. <laughs> if you're really Santa Claus, you can get it for me, right? 
Well, a house is a very big order. Right? And it's very expensive. Lots of monies. Back in the day, back in the day, all we had to make was jack-in-the-boxes and rocking horses. Simple wooden objects. No moving parts. Ever since people started asking for MP3 players, my elves all have to be MIT grads, and the Apple license are just killing me. <laughs> and uh, a baby brother, well, uh, well uh, a baby uh, takes almost a year to... Uh, um, <clears throat> bioengineer. <laughs> I know what fucking is. <laughs> Not illness. I know. Nine months. More if the lady's late. Less if the baby's a preemie. All right, Susan. Gross. <laughs> Weird kid. And a father. I mean, <clears throat> well, no one can give anybody a father. But if Santa Claus really can make reindeer fly and go up and down people's chimneys and make millions of toys go around the world in one night, he could get somebody a house and a brother and a dad and an eight ball, right? Right, 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 yes, I suppose he, 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 he could. Well, Su Susan, normally I wouldn't just give out a house for free. <laughs> Otherwise the socialists would win, you see. <laughs> but... You are a young white girl from a wealthy family. So in your case, I'll see what I can do. Good night, Susan. Good night, Mr. Kringle. Oh boy, a family for Christmas. I don't think so. Meanwhile, Brian takes Dory on that date where time pauses and you visit an impossible amount of Manhattan. They spit off the Empire State Building and both the Twin Towers. They catch a show on Broadway and they find Kevin under the 30 Rock Christmas tree. Brian drops Dory home, but he's got one more treat in store. I got you a Christmas present and I, uh, I want to give it to you. <clears throat> Open it. It's an engagement ring. <laughs> um, if I've given you a false impression of this relationship, I'm, I'm very sorry. Are you serious? Whatever possessed you to presume I wanted to marry you. <laughs> you know I've done everything I could to make you happy. I, I love your daughter like she's my own. I, I loved you and got nothing in return, never asking for anything in return. Well, you're expecting marriage in return. <laughs> I, I put my, I put my faith in you. You're my Santa Claus, Dory, that I want to marry. <laughs> All right, I gotta be honest, Brian. That's a lot of red flags that you just blurted out. Um, good night, Mr. Bedford. She leaves. Minutes later, Chris finds Brian brooding on a bench outside Dory's apartment. Well. How was it? Well, I, I gave her the engagement ring and she didn't like it very much. Oh, no, she didn't like me very much. Oh, I get it. Yeah, no, she loved the ring. She's a sad sort of person, isn't she? It's a pity, really. She's very kind, but she's terribly careful about her emotions. Yeah, that's exactly what I've been saying. Don't think about it and whatever. 
The worst part is she's dragging Susan into this with her. Oh, I hear you, bro. She's not... She's not careful. Susan will also grow up to manage a massive corporation and support a family alone. I tell you, Santa makes me sick. Well, I'm sure in your line of work you can find a lucky guy to give this to, so you take the ring. I'm sure you'll find somebody. Wish I could say the same for you. <laughs> the next day, having reached his kid quota, Santa clocks off from work. He defies protocol and walks home without his security detail. That's curious. There's a whole camera crew and the entire executive board of Shoppers Express are standing across the road. I wonder what they're all looking over here expectantly for. Hey, goofball. It's me from earlier. <laughs> Tony Falacci. <laughs> huh? Yeah, you and I'm nuts. What is a guy your age playing this game for, huh? Santa's a young man's game. I mean, are you just a lonely, pathetic mental case? Or, or does it go a little bit deeper than that? Are you a really lonely, pathetic mental case? I'm really riling you up here, buddy. If you're trying to rile me up, it won't work. Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It is not! It's just set at Christmas! Just Bullshit. then, Santa begins to show us some of those awesome cane-wielding skills that the film has been hinting at up to now. And I gotta tell you, it does not disappoint. Santa just knocks Tony the clean out. Stop that man, quickly, he's falling for our trap. I mean, he, he's assaulting that man. Get that cane away from him. No, not, not my cane. I need that to cane people. <laughs> Come on, I, 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 I didn't in, intend to injure him. He, he baited me, he provoked me. Save it for the elaborate courtroom scenes, sir. <laughs> Santa is escorted away as Tony lies fake unconscious on the ground. Tony suddenly looks directly into the camera and winks. Hang on. Is Tony this film's hero? Is he our Ferris Bueller? Ding, ding, ding. Welcome to the Christmas news. Oh, you might want to clear the kids out of the room before we read this next story. Santa's been arrested. Cole's share prices have plummeted. Cole's competitors must be having the last laugh tonight. Okay, you can let the kids back in now. In lighter news, there have been a hundred more racially motivated police shootings in downtown Chicago. Meanwhile, in Shoppers Express, Victor Lambert sits in his dark, evil office surrounded by piles of newspapers with negative Santa headlines, having the last laugh. Ha! <laughs> uh, later, Santa sits alone in the Arkham Asylum for the Christmasly Insane. He stares knowingly out the window, down at the masses who seem adrift and lost in this post-Santa world. Dory pushes through the crowd. She recalls something Santa once told her. I'm not just a whimsical figure, 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 who wears a charming suit. And affects a jolly demeanor, you know? 
I'm a symbol, symbol, symbol of the human ability su to suppress the selfish and hateful tendencies, tendencies that rule <laughs> the major part of our lives from January 1st right up until December 24th, possible. <laughs> and then again from December 25th until December 31st, the first, first. I'm a symbol, symbol, symbol. Maybe not a symbol the city wants, but a symbol the city needs. <laughs> needs, 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 needs. Wait, um, did he say that or did Batman say that? Get me Brian Bedford on the phone. Look, I know, I know, I saw the papers. Race war in Chicago, I mean, when's this madness gonna end? No, the other news, the Santa news. I want you to help him, he's locked up and the law's gonna eat him alive. This man has had something very wrong done to him. He's being held accountable for doing something bad to someone else. Don't you believe in him? You're right. I, I do believe in him. I believe him. Above all evidence. So you'll help him? Well, all right. I mean, I'm supposed to be defending Brendan Dassey right now, but I'm sure his public defender will do just fine. Later... Judge Henry Harper, a man who everyone still respects for some reason, despite being an old man in a frock, sits in his office. He is meeting with prosecutor Ed Collins. He looks like the kind of guy who's played lawyers in so many films, he's earned a license by osmosis. Oh. Now listen here, Judge, this Santa charge is an open and shut case. Oh, yes, well, um, <clears throat> justice will have to prevail, of course. Uh, oh, yes, of course, yes. Justice will have to prevail, as always, but, you know, sometimes I just give you money and then I tell you who wins. <laughs> well, uh, my money makes the world go round, and, uh... Yes, sir, money and angular momentum and probably something about magnets, if you know what I mean, wink, wink. <laughs> There's a knock at the door. Knock, knock, I'm handsome. <clears throat> uh... Your Honor, I, there seems to be some undue haste in this case. I wish to protect my client's rights, as I'm sure you do. I request a formal hearing where I may be, bring witnesses. Maybe a smoking gun or someone not handling the truth well. I don't know. Something dramatic. Um, he hearing? Like a tr trial? Well, all right. We'll try it. Th Thursday morning. <laughs> 10 a.m. <laughs> In the room with the, um, the, the big eagle. Brian exits content. I thought you said the old man didn't have an attorney. Well, what's the difference? It'll be a hearing, not a jury trial. You'll make the decision, and you've already made up your mind, so cool? Cool. <laughs> the next day, C.F. Cole is with his team spinning. Now we've a few days to distance ourselves from this scandal. Restart our advertising. Need a new face of the company. Something that says winner. Get me a less good Santa. Get me Billy Bob on the phone. Ah, Mrs. Walker. We're in a conference. You bunch of cowards firing Santa? How could you after just a minor assault charge? We have spent millions telling people that we are the store that cares. It's, it's that motto that puts us above the rest. It's way better than the Shoppers Express motto. We're Shoppers Express. Fuck off. <laughs> well, what is it we care about? Profits? Our jobs? Oh, those are good. Write those down. <laughs> well, what about one of our own who needs us now? 
And what, what am I to do? The public perception of Chris is that he's out of his mind. He's dangerous. Before a company could just ignore public outrage. It's weird. Now people get uppity when we do bad stuff. <laughs> we have to change that. If, if we stand with Chris, if we challenge the rumors and the scandal sheets, if we force the truth, we'll win. <laughs> the 90s. <laughs> now he's, he's going into court with Brian, the best attorney in the city. A great lawyer, not marriage material, but a great lawyer. <laughs> so you have to decide once and for all. Do you believe in Santa? Hmm. Well, I don't, but if we advertise that we do, we'll make a bunch of money. C.F. Cole, the owner of a department store, makes a televised announcement in defense of Santa that everyone watches because this world is weird. For the last 75 years, Coles has invited Santa Claus to meet and greet the children of New York City in its 34th Street store. Cole believes in Santa Claus. We've seen the footprints and the blurry photos of him jumping across rooftops. <laughs> and we will stand by him. We invite you to join us and ask yourself, do you believe in Santa Claus? The city gives a resounding answer. Phone lines are filled with calls of support for Santa. Trunks honk as they pass pointy trees. People wear traffic cones on their heads and actually everything gets pretty out of hand. <laughs> Later, it's the day of the big courtroom drama. All the men are there, some angry, some good. The pelicans have been briefed, the mockingbirds have been killed, and everyone is just Ali McBeal. I have to confess, Brian, I, I'm a bit uneasy. Look, you'll be fine, okay? All you have to do is tell the truth. The truth? <clears throat> oh, jeez. Hope they don't ask me about the moon landing. <laughs> who's that, who's that, who's that prosecuting guy? That's the prosecutor. I see. <clears throat> I see. <clears throat> and, and, and who's that man? That's the bench clerk. He calls witnesses. I see. And who's that man? That's your defense attorney, Chris. You're, you're pointing at me. <laughs> that guy? That, that's the prosecutor again. Anything I should know about him? Yeah. He doesn't believe in Santa Claus. Motherfucker! Santa reaches for his cane to strike the prosecutor. But he is interrupted by the arrival of the judge. Oh yeah, yo oh yeah, y'all rise for Honorable Judge Henry Harper. You, you, you may sit. But the other guy just told us to stand. Your Honor, in the matter of Chris Kringle, the commitment papers are on your desk. May I call the first witness? Mr. Kringle, would you... Oh, you're already in the stand. Okay. Look, relax, Chris, okay? Don't be nervous. Oh, I, I'm not nervous. I always have my Glock. Chris settles into the stand. <clears throat> Good morning, Judge. <gasps> How did you know my name? This man must be magic! You swear the whole, tell the truth, the whole truth, so that be God. Pardon? <clears throat> you swear to tell the whole truth, so help you God? Yes, uh, don't I put my hand on a Bible? Uh, no, sir, you don't. Oh, I see. Is it all PC now? <laughs> hmm? What, what's next? You gonna start saying, Happy holidays? Well, excuse me, but in my country, we call it Christian Christmas extravaganza. 
Let's sit, sit down, please. What is your name? Oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't introduce myself. I do beg your pardon. You're Mr. Collins. I'm Mr. Kringle. Chris. The crowd laugh. <laughs> Order. Order. Wasn't that funny? Chris Kringle. Yes. Chris Kenneth Kringle. Easy to remember. It's triple K. KK. Uh, tell me, Mr. Kringle. Additional... Oh. Do you believe that you are Santa Claus? Well, would I be here if I didn't? Well, yes, you would be because you assaulted a man. <laughs> Just a yes or no, Mr. Kringle. Do you believe that you are Santa Claus? Yes, of course. I am me. Santa Claus. Interesting. State rest, Your Honor. Uh, um, you may step down, Mr. Kringle. <clears throat> oh, thank you. <laughs> Mr. Bedford, in view of your client's statement, do you still wish to offer a defense? Yes, Your Honor. I should like to call my first witness. The officer puts a yellow pages in the stand. <clears throat> Can you tell us your name? The phone book doesn't respond. No further questions, Your Honor. Just then a little boy sits on the book. Stay your name and occupation. Uh, my name is Daniel Lowry and I am eight years old. And what did you get for Christmas last year, Daniel? Um, a bike and... <laughs> well, that's, that's funny, Daniel, because uh, it says here in the police report that you got a Tonka truck, so... Which is it? Oh, whoa. <laughs> well, I, I... Well, I got both, so... so... So now you're admitting you lied on the police report. No, no, Oh, so no. you're saying the police fabricated the report. No, I, the, no, the tricycle. Oh, hold on, hold on. I thought you said it was a bike, Daniel. Well, I, Two wheels or three? Tick tock, tick tock. Can I just get some juice? Get this man out of my sight. No further questions, Your Honor. Daniel Lowry, the criminal, is handcuffed and taken away. Your Honor, I should like to call my next witness, Miss Rebecca Collins, the prosecutor's wife. The prosecutor's wife? <laughs> Spicy. Do you, um, do you have children, Mrs. Collins? Yes, I have two. Do, uh, do they believe in Santa Claus? I object, Your Honor. Okay, okay. I apologize. Uh, strike that. Um, uh... Now tell me, Mrs. Collins, how's your husband in bed? Uh, I don't see how, how, how that's re relevant, really. Uh... <clears throat> Ed Collins objects. <laughs> it's on the next page. Objection. <laughs> your Honor, Your Honor, I am, excuse me, I am merely trying to establish that the prosecutor is a shady lay. I'll allow it. Okay. Now, Mrs. Collins, I will remind you that you are under oath. 
No further fucking questions, Your Honor. Brian sits back at his desk and smugly shuffles paper for five minutes. Your Honor, I'd like to request a recess until tomorrow so that I might adequately talk things over with my wife. This court stands in recess until 10 a.m. Tomorrow morning. Yes. Chris. See, I knew if I got him angry enough, he'd take the offensive. There's no way in a court we can prove that Santa Claus exists. Not without your birth certificate. And I ate that. (laughs) But. But wait, Brian, haven't you, haven't you given him the opportunity of proving that I don't exist? I don't want to start vanishing. No. <laughs> exactly, you see, he'll go too far. He'll talk for too long and be mean about it, and that'll cancel out all the actual evidence. Just you wait and see, Chris. <laughs> I'll have this jury eaten out of the palm of my hand. Wait, where's, where's the jury? Oh, no. Oh, shit. Oh. Oh, there's no jury. Oh. Okay, oh, listen, listen. Just, just promise me one thing, okay? You'll speak only when I tell you. You have my word. What did I just say? Shut it, Chris! <laughs> well? I thought you... Damn it, Chris! <laughs> Later, Brian paces the courthouse lobby doing his legal vocal warm-ups. Objection! Oh, no, no, no. Uh, 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 ob- objection. Uh, oh, objection. Come on, Brian, get your head in the game. Just then, he spots Dory standing windswept and vacant in the middle of the corridor. Just right in the middle of everyone's path. They have to go around her. Um, just wanted to thank you for everything you're doing for Chris. Well, I still have a long way to go. I think you'll do it. I hope you will. You might. I mean, it's unlikely and would be a travesty if you did. This whole thing's a charade, but you know, you might. Well, you know, I have a true tr- few tricks up my sleeve, huh? Don't, uh, don't count old Bryboy out yet, you know? Never the, called you. The Bryce has still got a few surprises in him, you no, know? No, I never called you that. Uh, I'm going to bribe the judge. Um, about last week, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean it. I'm, I'm really, really sorry. I was just, um... Sorry? Yes. Back in the courtroom, the trial is in full swing. Your Honor, if I may, rather than addressing this very provable assault charge by calling any of the relevant witnesses, I'd like to call a string of experts to try and disprove magic. Hmm. Sounds cool. Uh, Proceed. A fancy tweed figure takes the stand. Now, Mr. Expert, what does history have to say about all this? Well, St. Nicholas, otherwise known as Santa Claus, was a 4th century bishop. (laughs) Dr. Hunter, what is the church's position on St. Nicholas? He's a recognized saint. Everyone gasps. (laughs) Members of the press flee out of the courtroom to shout into payphones. No further questions, Your Honor. Look, it's all right, Chris, okay? He's just trying to get under your skin. Wait, I'm confused about our defense. Are we saying that you're an actual 10,000-year-old bishop because... Are you the Highlander? I call the military to the stand. A highly decorated figure takes the stand. Now, Colonel, tell me, have you ever been to the North Pole? Yes, sir, 1972 for the Ice War, and again in 1984 with the boys on a fishing trip, sir. May I remind you, Colonel, that you are under oath? 
I mean with my wife on a cruise, sir. Colonel? With my sister on a Disney's Frozen-themed fan barge, <laughs> sir. And did you explore the region? Extensively. Did you find any evidence of dwellings, animal pens, barns, workshops? No, sir. No evidence whatsoever. Just one classic holiday hit after another. And tell me something, Colonel. In your opinion, would it be possible for Mr. Kringle to create a settlement in that inhospitable region large enough to manufacture at least one toy for each and every one of the Earth's billion children? No, sir. Okay, objection, okay? The Colonel's not an expert on numbers. There isn't any way in which the gentleman can have seen my workshops. They're invisible. They're, they're, they're operated by tiny fleas. Chris, please, sit, sit down, sit down. <laughs> but, 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 but Mr. Collins is completely mistaken. My, my workshops don't exist in the physical world. They exist in the dream world. Ooh! Ah. Uh, uh, Your Honor, my client would like to pre plead temporary insanity for the last few sentences. He's cool now, thank you. We'll move on. <clears throat> With the court's permission, I'd like to call my next witness. The doors burst open and in walks a big weird horse with antlers. <laughs> this is a reindeer, Your Honor. <laughs> the court audience hoot and slap their knees. Give it a try, it's fun. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I'd like the court to see Mr. Kringle make the reindeer fly. Chris jumps up and excitedly moves towards the animal. No, 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 he, he, he's baiting you, okay? All right, he wants, he wants you to act crazy. Remember that. Whatever you do, please, Please don't start kissing that horse. <laughs> well, I would greatly like to oblige Mr. Collins, but I cannot make this reindeer fly. I didn't think so. He only flies on Christmas Eve. The crowd hums with pleasure. Ha ha ha. Chris. <laughs> Sounded like a boo. <laughs> Chris winks and his cheeks get all rosy. Everyone is enamored by his doddery nature. No further questions. Frightened and confused, the reindeer is led off to be melted down for glue. Listen, if everyone in this courtroom, if they were entirely honest with themselves, they would have to conclude, based on the evidence, that Mr. Kringle, regrettably, is insane. Mr. Kringle, who masquerades as Santa Claus, a figure of benevolence and generosity, does so solely for profit for the clever, lucrative scheme of making minimum wage and a degrading job for like a week every year. That's not true! Your Honor, I'm doing a whole thing here and he keeps interrupting. Can you come on? Uh, 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 Mr. Kringle will refrain from comment or he will be removed from the courtroom and he'll miss out on the rest of this fun banter. Sit down, Chris, sit down. Your Honor, it is my wish that Mr. Kringle be placed under the care of the state so that the children in New York will no longer be put at risk. Or failing that, send him to a different city and let their children worry about him. From the stand, little Susie pipes up. Hey, you big jerk! <laughs> Mr. Kringle's the nicest man in the world. He never hurt anybody. Probably. As far as I know. I already know him that well. Actually, I might have just got caught up in the moment when I stood up. I'll sit back down. Order, order! Uh, Mr. Bedford, do you wish to make a closing statement? <laughs> yes, Your Honor. <clears throat> now, Chris, 
I'm gonna try a Hail Mary here, okay? So just go with it. Your Honor, I would like to. Brian pulls out a gun and fires several shots into Chris. <laughs> the court gasps. The bullets do nothing. Blanks. Your Honor, a lot of people believe in Mr. Kringle, including millions of children. If you rule against him, you won't destroy anyone's belief, just the man they believe in. And in doing so, we'll destroy their belief. <laughs> Mr. Kringle is not concerned for himself. If he was, he wouldn't be here. He'd make all those toys for himself and just sit at home all day playing Skay Electrics. <laughs> If this court finds Mr. Kringle is not who he says he is, that there is no Santa Claus, then I would ask the court to judge which is worse, a lie that draws a smile or a truth that draws a tear. Isn't it far better that we delude ourselves and let this monster run free? <laughs> because it makes us feel good? I think so. I rest my case. <laughs> However, Brian rested his case too hard and he wakes up later in the courtroom to find everyone has left. The judge comes out of his chambers. Oh. Uh, hello, judge. I appreciate you are waiting for me. Yes, waiting. <laughs> Hello. How did I get on this case? I don't want to rule against your client, but I, I can't see how, given the facts, I can do otherwise. Now, I know it's highly unprofe unprofessional, maybe even illegal, for me to be talking to you like this. But damn it, that old man is just so darn lovable. Have you seen his beard? I have. A man who believes himself to be someone he isn't is, by definition, disturbed. Look, he isn't dangerous, Judge. He isn't a threat. He's just an old, kind man who's delusional and quick to violence. <laughs> I can't sit up on that bench as a representative of the state of New York and declare that there is a Santa Claus. I'm sorry. Now, if you'll excuse me, I have a case where a man truly believes he is Napoleon keeps marching troops into Prussia. The kids love him. <laughs> it's all that money, isn't it? It's always money, or the law, or common sense. You know what destroyed Chris? Power, greed, and this. He holds up some money to remind the judge about money. Anger and reclamation may soothe your soul, but it won't help Mr. Kringle. He doesn't need a bitter epilogue from his attorney. You were supposed to do that part earlier when the court was on. Well, I fell asleep. No. He needs a miracle. A miracle. Right here at this address. <laughs> Brian looks at all the money and smiles, remembering money. The next day, the headlines spin in. Santa Flaws, a new red menace, Beardo Weirdo in Cane Pain Train. 
Old fat man is going to jail, etc. The court starts for the final time. <clears throat> Having heard the evidence in the matter of Chris, uh, I, the judge, a representative of the state of New York, the best state on television, must regrettably rule on this day, the 24th of December in the year... Susan interrupts the proceedings before we find out what year it is, thus keeping this film timeless. Would it please the court if I gave you your Christmas card? I probably won't see you again unless I get arrested, which is very unlikely. Since it's Christmas Eve and I'm going to bed uncharacteristically early. And I'm very good at covering my tracks before my meds wear off. <laughs> she hands him a crudely drawn card with some sort of pointy tree on it. Thank you very much, young lady. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Judge. Inside the card is a one dollar bill. His heart swells, then shrinks about the same amount. This has been happening repeatedly throughout the film, as that's how hearts work. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Everyone gasps as he was understood to be Jewish up to that point. <laughs> he scrunches up his official judgment and tosses it aside. This is a one dollar bill. Upon an inspection of the article, you will see that the federal government has printed the words, In God We Trust. Now, imagine that instead it said, In Santa We Trust. <laughs> well, I am convinced. Case closed. <laughs> the, yes. The judge leans out the window and shouts down to the undulating masses. Santa Claus is free to go! The Mighty Ducks win! Hey, Your Honor. I rest my case. Yes! From henceforth, all cases are rested! Yeah! Everyone starts flipping cars and burning mattresses in celebration. Fireworks pop as planes swerve and crash into mountains. Dory picks up the discarded Christmas card and unfurls it. It reads, we have your family. <laughs> she pockets it quickly. We did it! Now, if I could just get you all to sign off on my Santa Claus Island. Congratulations, Counselor. Uh, thank you. Thank you. And uh, Merry Christmas, Mr. Kringle. You played a good trial, you two. Calling my wife. Stroke a genius. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you, Mr. Collins. You rat fuck. <laughs> well, thank you, Chris. <clears throat> uh... My children wanted me to remind you to stop by the house tonight. Yes, 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 I know it well. I won't forget. Right, well, Merry Christmas. Oh, uh, Mr. Collins, uh, I hope you've taken down that old television antenna. I ripped my pants on it last year. And maybe you should make your alarm code something better than one, two, three, four. <laughs> Not very secure, no, no, no. Well, Chris, <laughs> you're free. You made a believer out of everybody. Oh, no, not everybody. Lousy Buddhists. <laughs> there are still a few I have to convince. One in particular. Excuse me. 
Wait, no, go, Bri- Brian, where are you? Hey, Brian. Wait, no, go, Brian. You kicked that guy's bottom. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. No. I mean, just talk to myself then. I'm here. <laughs> Little bitch. (laughs) I mean, uh, I think you kicked that guy's bottom. I kind of zoned in and out. I'm like six years old. (laughs) Well, Susan, thank you for believing in me. And don't worry, I haven't forgotten your Christmas wish. Thank you, Mr. Pringle. What did you call me? That's your name, isn't it? Chris Pringle? You're the mustache guy from the tube. What has everyone else been saying? Susan is led away to be melted down for glue. I shall never forget you, Brian. And in all my troubles past and all my troubles yet to come, I'll never find a better friend. I'll never be able to repay you. Oh, I'm not working for free. (laughs) Thank you, Chris. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Brian. Merry Christmas. No. No. Merry Christmas. No, no. No, Merry. No, no. Merry Christmas. No, no, you're not listening. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Hey, Merry Christmas. Hey, uh, hey, you want to share a cab home? Oh, uh, not, not tonight. I'm going to be somewhat busy. <laughs> That's right. I, uh, I forgot. <laughs> You're mental. <laughs> Chris smirks like a madman and disappears into a crowd of reporters. Uh, Mr. Kringle, Mr. Kringle, tell us about magic. Uh, Mr. Kringle, what's it like to be old? <laughs> Later... Dory wakes to find a Brian has left her a note. Meet me at St. Francis after midnight mass. Come alone, Brian. She rushes to the church and makes it just in time. What the hell is going on? Is somebody getting married? Not that I know of. Did you arrange this? No, you did. (laughs) I didn't. A priest steps forward. He raises the big-ass ring from earlier and it sparkles the shit out of the room. Once again, reaffirming that unbreakable bond between love and capitalism. (laughs) The next day, in very much an epilogue, Brian, Dory, and Susan are bundled into a taxi headed down a snowy country lane. Susan, um, that's not why we're going to the house. But I showed him a picture of it. He said you would get it for me. (laughs) Look, a house is a big gift, Susan. Houses are big. Yeah, that's what Mr. Kringle said, too. All right, well, we're going to the house because Mr. Shellhammer wants to meet us there for some reason. Well, I'm very sorry, Mother. You have it perfectly wrong. They arrive at the big, expensive house, but it's all gussied up for Christmas. Outside stands Mr. Shellhammer. You, uh, got a bonus. What do you mean? Hey, look, our name's on the mailbox. The occupants. (laughs) Yes, well, uh, I got a call last night from Mr. Kringle who said you and your husband were looking for a house. He 
He was quite insistent. Did you get married? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, we did last night. Yeah, I can't believe it. Congratulations. Was this planned? No, we didn't even really want to. Um, <laughs> it was just all sort of happening, and, and we, we went with it. I didn't want to kick up a fuss. <laughs> right, well, Mr. Kringle, he, he wanted to be here, but he's overseas. Mr. Kringle? Oh, the house is for sale. Uh, Mr. Kringle was pretty sure you can afford it now, now that we all get our bonuses thanks to you and, uh, Mr. Kringle. So we just went ahead and forged your names in the mortgage. This, this is the house I asked Chris for. He got it for me. And, and he got me a dad, and, well, the third thing, I guess I'll just have to wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> Susan, what else did you ask Mr. Kringle for? A baby brother. <laughs> <laughs> See ya! <laughs> Dory looks down at her pulsating stomach, now magically inseminated. An ungodly life gestates inside of her. Oh, Jesus, Susan, what have you done? <laughs> a half-formed monstrosity, a limping affront to God drags its way out of her body and wrecks havoc on downtown New York. Wish you back, Susan! Wish you back for the love of God! Oh, God! Merry Christmas, everyone! But... <laughs> as New York burns... CIA director Kevin Langdon walks through Grand Central Station. A phone rings in his pocket. That's strange. He could have sworn he left his phone in the office. This is Special Director Langdon. How did you get this number? It seems you and I have mutual enemies, Langdon. <laughs> Find the people who took my memories from me. I'll do the rest. Jesus Christ, it's Chris Kringle. Chris, this has gone too far. You've got to come back in. You can stop this at any time. Just give me the files. Oh, and Kevin, clean yourself up. There's a stain on your tie. <laughs> How did you... Langdon looks around desperately and catches a glimpse of Chris disappearing back into the crowd. This is Stephen from Dream Gun, and we have shows on sale in Dublin and London right now. We are home in Dublin this June the 15th to the 17th with updated film reads of The Matrix, Jurassic Park, and Titanic at Smock Alley Theatre. Featuring the award-winning ensemble of Tony Cantwell, Ronan Carey, Stephen Culver, that's me, Finbar Doyle, Hannah Mamelis, Aaron McGathy, and Edwin Salmon. Uh, the show's at Smock Alley Theatre, and tickets are on sale right now. Head to dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets. Meanwhile in London, we are now performing every month at 21 Soho with a different film read every month and different guests joining us on the stage. 
This month's London film is Batman Begins, but if you're in the future, it's probably a different film, and you can find out which one at dreamgun.ie forward slash tickets.